Welcome to the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church Podcast, your place for positive, uplifting messages of hope. You can learn more about us at fredericksdachurch.org. Carl Rodriguez, Youth Director for the Chesapeake Conference of Seventh-day Adventists, shares the message, The Gift of the Holy Spirit. At this time, I'm going to ask if you could open your Bibles, please, to the book of John, chapter 1, verse 32. We're going to read that text again, but before we get there, if you could just have your Bibles ready. Um, I think most of you know, even though I'm a preacher, I'm more of a teacher, so I like to give illustrations, and hopefully that's okay. Um, but let me just start with this. Imagine Yvonne's daughter, it was a birthday party, and we got invited to, to a party. And all of a sudden, we see all these different types of gifts being given, but then Vaughn, you know, he, he leaves for the week. He says, uh, I got a new job, I'm going to be a new judge at um, location X, so I have to leave for the week. And as we look at all the different gifts, we see these big boxes and little boxes, and we're shocked that all Vaughn gave to his daughter was a little envelope that they just said, from dad. Now, I have a question for you. Have you ever been to parties and you see these big gifts and you, or these big wrappings, and when they open it up, you go, oh, that was a dud. But sometimes the little things are the ones that are like, wow, that was a gift. You know what I'm saying? Now imagine in that card there's a key. And all it said was two words in the card, happy birthday. And she takes the key and says, ooh, what is this key for? But she didn't know that a few days before, in the garage, he bought a brand new car. Now all of a sudden, that little teeny winny envelope is a big thing. So he, she runs out there to the garage and she turns on, you know, basically opens the garage and Puts the key in the ignition and says, wow, Dad, this is great. What, a, what the greatest birthday gift ever. And I have a question. Sometimes the little things are the big things. Am I correct? And when it comes to the gift of the Holy Spirit, sometimes it's subtle, but it changes our lives. Hear what I'm saying, church? Because that key, that gift will motivate us, mold us, put us in a way that when we look back, we say, whoa, what happened over here? I'm a different person because we have the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, I want you to follow me because some of you at the end are going to say, okay, I got it. Others, you're going to say, well, I'm not 100% sure, but I want you to be 100% sure. Yeah, I'm going to ask if we could go back to that text in the book of John, um, chapter 1, verse 32 to 34, and it says this, then John gave this testimony. What was the testimony? He said, I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remained on him. So he's looking. And as Jesus is being baptized, all of a sudden he sees the Holy Spirit come down on Jesus. And then verse 33 says, I want to have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize. What does your Bible say? See, John baptized with water, but now we have a prophecy that said, he's the one that's going to baptize with water. The Holy Spirit. And I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Praise God, huh? Now imagine this illustration. My daughter, I made an arrangement. I say, um, Elizabeth, that's her name. Um, I have another friend that's going to the airport. She's going to pick up, I mean, he's going to go pick up his wife 15 minutes after your plane arrives. So instead of me driving from Hagerstown all the way to Baltimore, he's going to be there anyway. He lives right next to us, so he's going to pick you up. But now she needs to know who this person really is or, or she forgot, so I'm going to give some details. I says, honey, I'm going to make it simple. 
he's driving a minivan that's gold, and it's Ford. It's a Ford gold minivan. He's going to be wearing a baseball cap that says, I love Jesus. He's going to be wearing a blue shirt and dockers and the license plate. You can't miss it. It says, I love God. And I have a question. When she sees that gold minivan coming with those plates, I love Jesus, does she get to acknowledge that this should be the van? And all of a sudden, when she steps out of the car, she sees the baseball cap and the blue shirt and the dockers. Is it all going to match? The answer is yes. So she's going to be not afraid to go into that van. Well, my friends, when John the Baptist saw the Holy Spirit come down on Jesus, all the pieces fit together. He says, this is the one. Praise God. That's the God that we serve. He's not going to leave any loose ends. Well, I'm going to ask that you join me now in the book of John, chapter 7. And on this one, it'd probably be the point that I elaborate the most, but I really want to make this point clear because sometimes we forget all the promises that Jesus, when he came to this earth, promised us, both at that time and also for the future. John, chapter 7, verse, starting with verse 37. And it says this, On the last and greatest day of the feast. Now, what feast? Well, you see, the Day of Atonement happened five days before. This was called the, tea, the Feast of Tabernacles. Usually all the grains and the crops that was gathered in was given um, as part of the service. It says, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, streams of living water will flow within him. I have to remember, he was quoting from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 2, verse 17, and also Jeremiah 17, verse 13, where he refers to God as the one as the springs of living water. And then notice the next verse, verse 39, he says this, By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that point, or that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not been glorified. You hear what I'm saying? It was prophesied that he was going to baptize with the Holy Spirit. At this point in Scripture, that has not happened yet. Am I correct? Now, even though he told the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, when you come to me, springs of living water will flow from within you. Praise God. Now, you have to remember, I love this text because for me, I was one of those dried up people. I was in a different type of denomination before. And my lips were always parched. Because why? As I listened and as I tried to understand scriptures, I was always thirsty. I never felt like I was drinking from the water fountain of God. Week after week, I always felt like, man, there has to be something more. And so from there, I became an atheist and I joined the occult. But praise God, someone got me back into the scriptures. And when I finally met Christ, guess what happened for the first time? I was filled. As I soaked in that water... Not only from the Holy Spirit, but also from Scripture. I left saying, praise God, I'm filled. I don't feel thirsty anymore. And so my friends, when Jesus, and you see in the Scriptures, use these illustrations, my prayer for you is always that as long as you stay connected to God, guess what? You're not going to be thirsty. You're always going to be filled. You're not going to be parched. Does that make sense, my friends? But it doesn't stop here. Because now the illustrations become realities. Because notice what happens when we get to the book of Acts. And I'm going to ask if you could open your Bibles, please, to Acts chapter 1. 
And in Acts chapter 1, starting with verse 4, now the promises and the prophecies become reality. On one occasion when he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Now, who was this? This was Christ. He told his apostles, verse 4, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for what? What does the Bible says? For the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with, what does the Bible says? Now prophecy is going to become reality. And in verse 6 he says, so when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Let me tell you, they got it wrong. Why are you worried about these things? You're getting a gift. You're getting a promise. Then he said to them, it is not for you to know the times and dates that the Father has set by his own authority. But then notice verse 8, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Frederick. Do you see it there? <laughs> and in all Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, which also reach Frederick. And then in chapter 2, the promise comes. And then something weird happens. Because notice what happens in Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Now we go into verse 2. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house as they were sitting. Now we know about winds. We had Hurricane Irene. Now where I, was, where I live at in Hagerstown, it wasn't that bad. I just lost a, a, you know, a few branches. But when I lived in the Keys, I've been through hurricanes, Hurricane Andrew. So I know what violent winds sound like. And can you imagine they're sitting this in this quiet room? And then all of a sudden, from nowhere, this wind comes. And they saw what seemed to be tons of fire that separated and came and rested on each of them. And I noticed what our Bible says, my friends. And all of them were filled with what? And began to speak in other languages or tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And my friends, Peter gets up and he starts giving a, a sermon. Why? Because people hear this wind and then he starts preaching. And then in verse 37, at the end of his sermon, notice what happens here, my friends. Verse 37, when the people heard this, his sermon, his preaching, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and to the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? And I love what Peter said, repent and be what? Every one of you, in the name of who? Not Buddha, not Hare Krishna, not the President of the United States, not into a church, into who, my friends? For the forgiveness of your sins. But does it stop there? No. And you will receive the gift of what? The Holy Spirit. The promise. What promise? This gift. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, including Frederick, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Praise God. So this gift is for who? Everyone. Isn't that wonderful? I want to pause over here. 
Because I want to use this illustration as we go into why is receiving this gift so important. Now imagine if someone here had cancer. Well, my dad died of cancer, so I always take that personal. And imagine if someone says, look, I have the injection to cure it, and it's free. I'm like, hey, thank you. I appreciate all the research and development you did, and you're going to just give it to me for free? Thank you. He says, I only have two requirements. Oh, what is it? The first one that you say, please. And the second one that you wear a baseball cap that says, I love Jesus. Now, I have a question. If you knew that someone had cancer and the cure was those two simple things, would you advise them to do it? Let me tell you, I will tell my dad, dad, I don't care if it's a pink baseball cap. I don't care if you sleep with it. (laughs) Put it on. (laughs) Wouldn't you? Now imagine that injection is called salvation. And it cures us. And imagine the baseball cap is what tells everybody that we belong to Jesus. Says, I love Jesus. And imagine the word please just means Hey, look, from this point forward, I'm going to live the life you've asked me to live. That's what repentance means. Is it simple? So my friends, when it says repent and be baptized and receive the gift, it's pretty what? Simple. But my friends, I know people that won't wear that baseball cap. And I know some people that will never say please. They'd rather die because they want to continue in their lifestyle. You hear what I'm saying? But God has promised us. That if we do these things, we have the gift of the Holy Spirit, we have salvation. Isn't that wonderful, church? But let me share why these two things are crucial. I could ask if you could open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians. And this may be new for you. And if it is, praise God. In the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, when I read this, when I first became an Adventist, I was so, so happy. And then when I read the next one, the book of Ezekiel, I was even more happier, but I'll explain that in a moment. But in the book of Ephesians, chapter 1, verse 13 and 14, notice what it says. And you also were included in Christ. Now you have to remember, I grew up in New York City. I didn't want to join the gangs. I was always the one that was left out. And so when I found out that I couldn't be included in God's gang, hallelujah, I don't have to be a chump anymore. When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of salvation, now notice what it says, having believed, you were marked in him with a seal. The promised, what does your Bible says? You mean when I accepted Jesus, I got marked with the Holy Spirit? Woohoo! Who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance unto redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory? Now, let me illustrate it this way. I think most of you know from prior times that have been over here that I'm a New York Yankees fan. I grew up in New York. I'm not a wannabe Yankee. I was born a Yankee. Now, every time I go to Camden Yards to watch the Baltimore Orioles, I am not a secret agent Yankee fan. In other words, I don't put on an Oriole cap and an Oriole jersey, and I walk in there, but I root for the Yankees. My friends, when I took on the seal or the mark of God, I wear his baseball hat. You hear what I'm saying? And just like when I go to the stadium, I am not a closet um, Yankee fan. I wear my Yankee fan 
cap proudly and my jersey and everything else that goes with it. And when I go to the stadium, I don't care who boos me or what they say. I sit there proudly and I root for my team. Why? Because I'm a Yankee fan. My friends, as a Christian, we had that other cap called I Love Jesus. And all the angels in heaven, you know how they know who's who? Because when you have that gift of the Holy Spirit, when you have the Holy Spirit, it's almost like wearing a baseball cap. As they fly around, they know who belongs to his team and who does not. Does that make sense? My question is, whose baseball cap are you wearing today? Is it Christ or is it the one that says, I love the world? Or is it the one that says, I love Jesus? Hear what I'm saying? Now, there's another wonderful thing that happened when I received this gift. I'm going to ask if you could open to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 36. I'm looking at my time over here. We're doing good. Because I heard there was a trap door down here. You take too long, it goes down, and you end up in the parking lot right next to your car. <laughs> the book of Ezekiel. And let me tell you, I grew up in New York, and yes, I had a bad temper, and yes, I hit a lot of people. But let me tell you, when you receive the gift, he changes you. This is why it's so important. In the book of Ezekiel 36, starting with verse 24, it says, For I will take you out of the nations. And for me, living in the South Bronx, hallelujah. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back to my own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. And I remember when I got baptized, I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. And then notice the next few verses, the next two verses. I will give you a new heart. I'll put my new spirit in you. I will remove from you that heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit in you to follow my decrees and to be careful to keep my laws. Isn't that wonderful? You see, after I received the Holy Spirit... To me, it was like a magnet. The Bible says, Jesus says, I will draw all men unto me. Do you remember that text? And to me, once I took that injection or I put on that baseball cap, it was like wearing a magnet. And every time Jesus, all of a sudden, when he's in heaven and that magnet comes on me and he says, do you love me? I can't help it but get drawn to him. Why? Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. And then every time I have bad thoughts, guess what happens? The Holy Spirit says, Carl, Carl, Carlito, you know better. Okay, God, you're right. I should have never cut that lady when I was driving home. And before you know it, you start changing. Why? Because that's what the Holy Spirit does. He changes and he molds you. And before you know it, people can't even recognize you anymore because you are a new creature. Praise God. Every time I go back home, they go, Carl, you're different. I don't see the change. Because why? Because he changes us gradually. And in my case was my cursing, he changed that. My hitting people, he changed that. My patience, he's still working on that. <laughs> but that's what the Holy Spirit does. Amen, church? Now, the last two are the two serious ones that I want to get to. Because my question for all of us is, do we have the gift or not? But wait a minute, Carl, I was already baptized. I mean, I should have had the gift. Well, I know people that have been baptized that never got the gift. And I know people that got the gift that have never been baptized. 
And the Bible gives us both of those illustrations. And I want to give you two stories because today at the end, my friends, if you have the gift, praise God. If not, what are we waiting for? But let me give you the first one in the book of Acts chapter 8. And this is the illustration where they got baptized but did not receive the gift. And I want to give you a true story. Acts chapter 8, verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem, Acts chapter 8, verse 14. I hear some of you are still looking for it. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria accepted the word of God. Remember, Samaria. These are the people that the Jews did not get along with. They found out that they received the gospel. They sent Peter and John to them. When they arrived, they prayed that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit have not yet come on any of them. They have simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. You hear what I'm saying, church? Yes, they got dunked, but nothing happened. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received what? You see, those folks that got baptized got baptized for the wrong reasons, the wrong motives. You can't fool God. And when they try to fool God, they didn't get the gifts from God. You know what I'm saying? So they still wanted to hold on to the other teachings. And God said, no, 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 no. This is going to be all in or not. You're going to wear my hat or you're not going to wear my hat. I had a friend. His name was Robert. And yes, I got permission to use the story. He got so encouraged to, be, to get baptized. It was almost like somebody grabbed his arm, twisted it right into the pe- baptistry. And forget about going in backwards. It looked like they did it forward. So he got baptized. He went home, opened his little box, and took out his first marijuana joint and started smoking it right after he got baptized. Now, some of you are looking at me like, what? Did this actually happen? A week later, one of the people in the church find him in the street. They said, what are you doing? We don't see you in church anymore. Well, they told me to get baptized. I did, and um, I'm living it up now. I'm saving. I'm high. Now, some of you are laughing, but it's true. You know, we see these things happen. like, what in the world is going on here? Well, they encourage them to go back to church. They encourage them to get off the marijuana <laughs> Especially during the sermon time. If you're going to pay attention, you know, dude, do it after, okay? So he stopped. A year later, he finds a nice-looking girl in the church, and he goes, Mama mia. And she goes, if you're going to date me, uh, this has to stop. And that's when I come into the picture. I find out that Robert was baptized, but he has some really bad habits. And I say, dude, amigo, friend, have you given your life to God to change you? He goes, what do you mean? Because you see, when you have the gift, the Holy Spirit will move you to change your life. You hear what I'm saying, church? Your desire to continue in this won't continue. So something is wrong here. So I share that text in the book of Acts. He says, I got baptized, but I never received the gift. I says, do you acknowledge that? He goes, yeah, I do. <laughs> I said, so you have two choices. You want to get rebaptized, or you want the elders to pray on you? He said, I'll do the second. He said, I don't want to go back to the church, and they see me get dunked again. So we had a special meeting. The elders surrounded him. We prayed for Robert. 
Something happened from that day forward. The desire to smoke, to drink, for drugs was gone. He struggled because his friends said, hey, what's wrong with you? And little by little, we saw the change. And after a year, we asked him to help out at conference events. Within two years, he became one of our TLT coordinators for the conference. Now, this is the guy that was always high at church. (laughs) But my friends, when you have the gift of the Holy Spirit, God is not going to leave you the way you came in. He's going to change us into his image. Isn't that wonderful? So here's my question for you before we go on to the last one. Have you been baptized but never received the gift? Because if that's your situation, you need to ask God, Lord, I just got dunked in the water, but I want the promise. Now some of you are saying, boy, Carl, you're hitting us hard. That's not my intent. That is not my intent. The goal is, my friends, that we give ourselves fully to God. Because it's easier to mold us into his image. Now, my friends, we got people that get baptized, sorry, that receive the gift, and they're not even baptized yet. And I want to give you one example of that. The book of Acts, chapter 10. Now, remember, the Jews were so prejudiced towards the Gentiles. They were so prejudiced that they could not understand how they could be saved. And so God does a switcheroo on them. Peter has his vision. He goes to the house of Caesar. Well, and then notice what happened in verse 44. In Caesarea, they call him in, and while Peter was still speaking, Acts chapter 10, verse 44. And this is Peter. He's giving his little, little sermonette there. And while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. Now notice the distinction, verse 45. The circumcised believers who have come with Peter were astonished. Why is the distinction being made? The circumcised believers. Because remember, they felt that those that were not part of the Jewish group, how in the world are they going to be saved? Even though Jesus said this over and over and over. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit has been poured out even on who, my friends? The Gentiles. You see, their heart was in the right place. They may not have been physical, literal Jews, but their heart was in the right place. Isn't that wonderful? You, my friends, when our hearts are in the right place, no one could stop God blessing us. No one. Because God will jump over people and go directly to that person. And then Peter said, can anyone keep these people from being baptized with water? (laughs) 47. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. Isn't this wonderful? So my friends, we have situations where people receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they've never been baptized physically yet because their heart is in the right place place. Praise God. I want to share a story about a youth director or, or young pastor. When I first met him, he was, he just got fired from as being an engineer. And what happened was God gave him a special gift to be a pastor. He, I mean, 
when you see this young man, some of you may know after I say his name, you say, wow, I can't believe he's not a pastor yet. And so I called my brother when I was in the New Jersey conference as an angel. My brother was the minister or director at the Greater New York Conference as an angel. I'm not asking for Bubbaism or nepotism here. I'm not asking for a special favor. All I'm asking is, can you allow him to be interviewed? That's it. And then if you find a place for him, so be it. If not, so be it. But you got to meet this young man. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. My brother said, is he, is he ordained? No. Is he, did he get a degree to be a pastor? Oh, no, no, not yet. So why, why just interview him? Please, just interview him. Well, after the interview, my brother said, wow, this guy is phenomenal. So they opened up a position as an associate pastor. And then later on, he became the pastor of two or three churches. My friends, does he have a degree to be a pastor? He was an engineer. And now he's a pastor for a church. Now, some of you may say, but he didn't go the right way. He doesn't know the right people. Well, my friends, sometimes God will have to jump. When we block things, he will jump because he wants his work to be done. When I left New Jersey to come here, I've been working with this young man now for about four or five years at that point in time. And they said, Carl, who would you like? Because usually they don't ask the youth director, who, who would you like to replace you? But for some reason they did. I said, who would you like to replace you? I said, I only have one name. His name is Lafitte Cortez. They go, Lafitte La who? Somebody's feet? No. I said, he is an associate pastor. Now he's a you know, senior pastor in the greater New York. Is, is he be, has he been ordained yet? Nope. Are you crazy? Are you nuts? Out of all the ordained pastors, why him? Interview him. He became the youth director for the New Jersey Conference. And then later on, while he was serving there, he was ordained as a pastor. My friends, sometimes God will jump for his work to be accomplished. He will give the Holy Spirit to whom he desires for the work to go forward. Hear what I'm saying, church? Now, my question for y'all is do we have the gift of the Holy Spirit? Is he moving in our lives? And if not, if you've been baptized, what are you waiting for? Ask that you get gifted. (laughs) Ask that you receive that power from the Holy Spirit. And my friends, if you haven't been baptized, what are you waiting for? God has a little card that says, for my son or my daughter. And when you open that card, there's a key in there. And that key, my friends, is a wonderful gift. And all he's saying is, ask of me and you will receive. Repent and be baptized and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. Isn't that a wonderful promise? So when we look at all the things that God has for us, it's always good. And when you look at all the things that he's willing to do to mold us, it's always for our good. (laughs) So I stand here today on this Sabbath morning. Is it still morning? Oops, afternoon. Encouraging you. If you have the gift already, praise God. If you don't, talk to your elders if you've been baptized. Don't be afraid. 
and say, look, I got dunked in the water. I need something more. And if you're in the other category, you haven't been baptized, I want to have a prayer for you as we close. What are you waiting for? Having the Holy Spirit in your life is wonderful. I can't explain it in words, but all I can say is it's wonderful. He molds us and he changes us. It's not always immediate, but the outcome is wonderful. Ready? Let's pray. Father, here we are in your presence. We're not playing church. We're here because we love you and we want to learn more of you. And Father, if for some reason we haven't received your gift yet, we pray, Lord, draw us more and more to you that we may do so, that we may be fully in your team so we can have your gift, we could be molded, we could do service for you in ways that could never happen before. And Lord, that the outcome may be something that you will say, I am pleased with you, my son and daughter. Father, bless us today, for we pray this in Jesus' name. And as a church, we say, amen. No matter where you are in your spiritual journey, Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church would love to help you along the way. We are a family-oriented, grace-filled church serving the Frederick, Maryland area. You can learn more about us at frederick.sdachurch.org. For more podcasts, click the sermon audio link.